0: I'm Ted Baker in the studios of WEOS and WHWS at the Scandling Center here at the colleges. And this is the Hobart Football Podcast, Episode 30. The 5-2 and two Statesmen have back-to-back home games beginning this Saturday with St. Lawrence, homecoming, and alumni weekend. A lot of people will be in town. And we're joined by the head coach of the Statesmen, Kevin DeWall. Welcome back. Good morning. 27-10 against Union last Saturday. You stayed with them for a half, and they just really pounded the ball in the second half. What What changed in that second half? Well i think
1: the uh, the first half um was back and forth i think statistically and even uh possessions were pretty close between the two teams um you know we missed the the fourth down that i thought we should have converted early on that hopefully we were going to be the first to score and then it was um, you know seven back then three and then it was kind of back and forth and we scored right there before half to to make it 14 ten. Honestly, we're driving late in the the second quarter there, ready to try to get at least a field goal opportunity, and and there was a missed call that um, potentially took some points off the board there for us. So 14-10 at half, and and I thought the game was playing out similar to what we had had anticipated. And then I think in the second half, um, it was clear they they won at the line of scrimmage. Their offensive line and defensive line and their offensive front and defensive front uh, won the second half, and... Uh, They tackled better than we tackled, and I think that was the difference of a game that probably could have come down to a one-possession game late in the fourth quarter. They were able to extend that lead to a two-possession, and then, uh, unfortunately, we weren't as efficient in in the passing game as I thought we could have against some of their secondary and, and ultimately weren't able to put any points up in the, in the second half there so uh, disappointing but uh, as we challenged our guys is sometimes in life things don't go the way we wanted and uh, uh, we, we said going in we thought the more physical team was going to win the game and and they did the more physical team was union on that Saturday especially in the second half so um, so what now what we challenged our guys and um, doesn't change anything in terms of the effort our guys gave and the want to but the execution wasn't where it needed to be to win on the road against a team that we talked about going in, it. and when they have 12 seniors just in their front defensive side of the ball, that experience, we were going to have to earn everything we were going to get, and, and they made us do that. And we just never could get the running game going along with protecting the quarterback, which you know, we had guys open, but we maybe missed on the protection or vice versa. We had good protection, but we weren't on the same mesh in the, in the passing game. And then defensively, I think that was the team that they got the, the most physical against us. And at the point of attack, we didn't have much of an answer there in the second half.
0: You came out, especially in the first half, pretty run heavy. You didn't have great success, but you ended up running for double what they've been giving up on the year. Talk a little bit about what your offensive game plan was based on. Well,
1: it was, it's similar. I mean, I want to be balanced. And, uh, you know, I think we knew that uh, going against them, the way that they play their safeties, the way that we talked about they want to suffocate the, the offense – um, it wasn't gashing them, but there was runs here and there, and again sustaining drives. That was the biggest thing: is um, they're going to force you to play eight, nine, ten, twelve plus tr- drives to score. And um, you know, I think we the first half the game plan as a play caller played out closer to how I wanted to be. Other than we clearly missed a couple key conversions. That was, you know, whether it was a read or a protection call, it was a combination of, of a couple things. That I thought we actually could have scored more than the 10 that we did and then the second half um, we had guys open especially early in the third quarter in the passing game that I thought would um, stretch out their defense to the front they were they were stunting they were mixing it up so as the run game started to compress a little bit in the second quarter that was part of the thinking in the third and you watch the film things were open we just weren't executing so it comes back to us and our execution but and then when it got to a seventeen ten game, I thought it one of the key plays was an early uh, early in the fourth uh, uh, early in the fourth quarter we had a third and one and took a negative play in a situation where we were going to be in two down territory then lose lose yardage and it was really just a bad play and then we never got the ball back it was a long drive we would pinned them you know and in, in hindsight twenty twenty could we have gone for it I didn't want to go with the short field with that much time left and again it just. Uh, we didn't play complimentary football. Um, neither side of the ball played to the to their level. And in that type of environment, in that type of game, with the experience and firepower that that opponent had, we needed each side to play better than we did. And um, so I'll take that one as a coach, knowing that uh, you know, especially not putting points up in the second half there, that we leaned a little bit more on the passing game than the run game. Not that we don't want to run the ball, but they were doing a pretty good job. And they were just, with the early success we had in the first quarter, they made a couple adjustments to really take it away in the second quarter. And again, if you got guys open, we got to be able to hit some of those more than we did.
0: I thought their defense was very quick to the outside. It was not often that Rayshon Boswell can't turn the corner, but he really couldn't get the corner turned much. He didn't have his usual kind of game. It was You've only really got a couple of steps against them before you got to get upfield.
1: Yeah, they do a great job. And I say I use the word suffocating because of the way they leverage it, they play quarters defense, and they're always going to have leverage. They're going to always out-leverage you in the run game. That's a fundamental principle when you play them. And they had the best interior D-line that we faced. So in terms of running in between the tackles wasn't as maybe prevalent in, in other games because the, you know they had a couple key guys in there in matchup-wise that were winning inside that forced it to the edge where they had the leverage. So again, conceptually, we knew that going in. There's a reason why statistically they're, they're the number one in, in, in so many different categories. It's not just us. They've been doing that all year long. I think we challenged them differently than others. And had we executed, I think the game plan would have produced to the point where we would have had a really good chance to win it late in the game, You know, similar to a couple of weeks ago on the road. But uh, with that came a situation where I didn't believe that they were going to score that much on our defense. We were going to keep that a lower-scoring game. Uh, and at the same time we didn't get the takeaway or the special teams play that really led to a short field the best short field was early on and we had a a very convertible third and fourth down that we didn't on the opening series it didn't change the outcome of the game but maximizing those possessions and then um, again just um, you know I thought Ray ran hard Ray Sean and I thought EJ ran hard and our running backs ran hard you know Johnny ran hard when we did but they were always going to out leverage us so a lot of that was you know, we were inefficient on something that I thought we were going to be, which was going to be the quick aim on the perimeter. Uh, we were inefficient there, um, either drops or tip balls or just missing. And then the other part of it was um, when we had guys open on those intermediate levels, not necessarily the long throws, the intermediate levels, we weren't hitting them at the rate that we had shown we had in the past against them as well as what we had done earlier in the year. So a part of that comes to the protections. You know, they were able to, even though they only had the one sack, um, they were able to make the quarterback uncomfortable in the pocket, which would affect his uh, landmark to throw from. And then I think that ultimately affected some of the accuracy on some of the, the intermediate throws. So, um, you know, it's a combination. It's never just the quarterback, it's never just the receivers, never just the O-line. And it's all those phases in the passing game working together. And I talk about chemistry and efficiency. We weren't. Uh, as efficient as we needed to be on the th- on the plays that were open.
0: Let's talk about that play right before the half. It, it looked like there was a fumble. Uh, the ball uh, looked like you recovered, but the clock stopped, which normally it wouldn't. You were out of timeouts. Then... The referee awarded you the ball, wound the clock with 11 seconds, and and did nobody know that the clock was going, or were we never got a snap off. So what? And I saw you talking to the official. What was your perspective on those last seconds of the half?
1: So they got it right, and then they got it wrong. Uh, there was a situation. Uh, we were, we were we had two plays called. We were going to run it, and then get back on the ball, and and had a play ready to get to the out of bounds to get ourselves again. We were at the. We were at that point, I think we on the minus forty five to get to a you know, a reasonable shot for a our, our, um, first down or stop in the clock. And um, on the run play there was a, he was tackled in bounds, but there was a loose ball um, and they stopped the clock because there was a personal foul on uh, sportsmanlike conduct on Union.
0: Oh, okay. See that? All right. I, I, don't, I don't think we ever saw that. Cause so we what happened was that stopped. stops
1: the clock. Right, okay. So normally in a continual flow, they would have kept the clock running and, right. and we, were head, we were on the ball ready to go for our second play. So they stopped the clock, and on a sportsmanlike conduct, they marched off the fifteen yards. So now we're about at, uh, and again, I should probably should know this, but it was at the plus forty-five or Sounds plus forty. Sounds about right, yeah. And what we had done is they that should have been an untimed snap that the clock shouldn't have been running because of the dead ball pop. So by the time they they did the clock and our quarterback's going through the cadence, that's the I think there was eleven seconds on the yeah, clock, yeah. And we had a play that was all we needed to do is get about another ten or twelve yard completion to get into field goal range. So we had a play with 11 seconds, you should be able to get two plays off and then get your field goal unit on. And they shouldn't have won the clock. Right. They did. Okay. So when it went out, and then, if you noticed, the other team quickly ran into the halftime. I'm talking to the officials. They admitted it should yeah. have been an untimed clock, but they weren't going to bring the players on at that point. So uh, although I appreciate the officiating crew admitting that they were wrong, it doesn't change the outcome that we should have had at least one play, if not two plays, to get into field goal range and again it's a 14 10 game uh, obviously three points matters uh so if it could have been 14 13 or at least had the attempt to do it uh it's it's unfortunate but again um we had no timeout obviously if we had a timeout i would yeah. have called it by the time i even saw that, that it was wounding it was too late to you know I mean, we're alerting our quarterback but to get the operations going so it wasn't the quarterback's fault because it should right, have been right an untimed, it was a dead ball foul. Absolutely. So it is what it is. And like I said, we made mistakes. Union made mistakes. The officiating crew makes mistakes. It's just uh, it's unfortunate in a situation where that could have helped maybe get a a play or two to give us a chance to get in field goal range. Uh, Points matter in those close games.
0: You got a 42 yard field goal from Toby Weffering career long that looked like it might have reached from 50. I mean, that's a great weapon to have in the quiver for somewhere down the line. If you need a 47 or 48 yarder, you might be able to get it.
1: Yeah, the, the thing about him, he's always had a live leg. I think the and, and even yesterday in practice, we were kind of we, we we chart all you know kicks throughout the weeks. So we kind of know where his percentages are at certain uh, levels, and um, you know he boomed a really long one yesterday. So there's no doubt. I know he has a strong leg. It all comes down to the protections and elevation. But uh, yeah, that first field goal um, on the um, on our on our I think the first quarter drive there, it was it was a pretty impressive and and just. I talked to the guys, operations are great. Snap, hold, kick, protections across the board. So, you know, in in the event we do need to uh, get three points, if we can keep it up like that, that'll be uh, something that we feel fully confident in.
0: Talking with Coach Kevin DeWall about the Union game, 27-10 last Saturday. Uh, Ahmad Crowell had another great game. I mean, we talked about him last week as a guy that you knew had talent, didn't maybe put it all together on the practice field last year, so he didn't get on the field, but now he's really become... Uh, it, one of the very top options in that passing game, and a guy with a you know long reach can go up and get the ball.
1: Yeah, he has a skill set that's unlike many. Um, he's he's fully 6'4 with long arms, so his catch radius is very impressive. Uh, he has the combination of both speed, and now he's starting to get the idea of where before he was just relying on his physical abilities. He's getting into understanding the football acumen part of route running against certain coverages. Um, it's got very good hands. And, and again, what it does is it gives us a really good weapon on the backside. And the way they played their coverages, that's where a majority of the throws were going to happen. With those two safeties in the middle playing inside out, it was a tougher day for our tight ends and slot receivers. Um, more of the throws on the perimeter. And then there's a certain games where that's different. you know. So game to game, based off of coverages, that's where the ball will go. But um, his emergence, um, and again, he is, is starting to really, the last two to three, three or four weeks, has really started to practice on a more consistent basis at the level that you would hope for for a, uh, a top receiver. And... Uh, that should open up some things for some other guys in the passing game as well. And my hunch is he's going to get more attention this week and in future weeks because I think people are starting to see that he becomes a really good weapon on the backside of, of our offense.
0: Lucas Ruby and Kevin Chris both had great catches down the middle, and it, it seems to me Johnny Columbi looks more comfortable throwing that ball around the hashes compared to the out pattern. But, of course, there, it's a lot more crowded in there. You can't throw down the middle all day and expect to succeed.
1: Yeah, that was the toughest part. And, and again, Johnny's been really efficient through the middle third of the field. And um, their defense just off of schematics is going to try to force it to the perimeter like we talked about because of the leverage. Uh, I think a combination of you know his, his completion percentage was down this game compared to others, and a, a couple of them, I mean, he's getting hit as he's thrown. That affected some of them from the protection standpoint, but he did miss you know a couple on the perimeter that he normally will make, those intermediate throws. Um, and when we were able to protect it to be able to get it downfield, we either had guys open that, that occasionally you miss, but sometimes that's okay because you're going to stretch out the defense. The other part was, um, you know we got we grabbed a couple pass interference calls or some some completions on the perimeter that uh, I think will always be a part of our offense in terms of how teams are going to try to defend us we do want to make sure that they're defending sideline to sideline and obviously as, as much vertically as we can be efficient with um, but I, I know um, you know sitting down and watching the film with him and the offense that uh, we know I mean we got to put it back on ourselves that as good as a the defense they were at times they didn't get us off the field as much as we got ourselves off and in the sense of uh, inability there was a couple times where we were going to double one of their top inside guys and we didn't get the angles to get the double team the right way and now we're allowing their best pass rusher on a single rush um, that's on us and we we prepared for it and didn't execute as well as we needed to in a couple of those key protection situations and then whether it was combinations of the route running depth top end of the route getting out of the break versus the location of the ball um, you know, I can go right now through seven, eight, ten plays in my mind right now, a second half alone, that those are throws that we typically will make. So um, we got to put it back on ourselves that we weren't on, and, and um, it's tough to beat a good team on the road if, if we're not clicking at a more higher rate efficiency-wise.
0: Union ran a lot of hurry-up offensively, which limits your ability to sub out the D line like you like to do.
1: Yeah, they were, they're, they're big. That was the biggest uh, of the league offensive linemen, I would say, that – um, uh, I guess i shouldn 't say that because they, they had a couple smaller guys, but they did a really good job, like their tight ends two hundred and fifty pounds and they were leaning on some of our guys it wasn 't anything and and, and I, I commend them, and they only ran three or four run plays, but they they run them really well. Uh, they were able to get into the double teams and create a little bit more displacement than other teams have done against our d line. And even our linebackers, when we were pressuring, and they were knocking those guys off of gaps, so uh, i don 't think we were on as as aggressively as I thought we could be in terms of the physicality that our guys typically play with um, and and I you know you commend the fact in the second half they were able to lean on us, and the tempo didn 't affect the play calling as much as maybe just keeping some guys out there and I don't even know if it was the rotations because we were still able to rotate on incompletions and different things. But I do believe their, uh, the fact that they were able to lean on us in the run game, I think they averaged over six yards a carry. That usually doesn't happen against our defense if, if we're playing well. So, um, again, just as much as, as that's a commend of their offense and their running backs, and you know they were, they were doing some double tight end stuff or single tight ends and trying to keep our outside backers at bay with like a, a slot receiver there. I thought they did a good job to kind of isolate and, and neutralize our one of our strengths, which is our outside linebackers. So we talked about that, you know, schematically that they were doing some things, and you know, it was not a day where our defensive line was able to get off of blocks, and that's where we got to do a better job uh, moving forward if we're going to stop the run.
0: And their running backs did what I've talked about your backs doing all year. They're very good in, at finishing runs. They're big, strong guys from the from the contact they're going to get those two extra yards at the end of the run
1: it's something we pride ourselves on and and again I, you know i don't like it when it it happens against us but i can give respect to the fact that you know it's something simple as you take a guy that's five foot nine he finishes forward that's two yards well if he gets 30 carries a game that's an extra 60 to 65 70 yards not counting in just run after the cat or running forward on contact so we talk about hidden yards all the time in games you know uh, and everyone that touched the ball offensively knows we've been talking about it. We take pride in the fact of quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, receivers finishing forward. Well, they were able to do that. And that's the difference of, you know, stopping someone at third and five versus they fall forward. It's third and one, third and two. Well, now, obviously, that changes the play calling. And, and those yards add up over the course of 75, 80, 90 plays.
0: The real backbreaker play in the second half was that long bomb to Landers Green. Was that just a one-on-one beat, or was there something schematically there they took advantage of? Or
1: no, I mean the ironic part was, I mean there was zone. We had uh, we had we would kind of press bailed our corner, and um, I think the corner got caught up looking inside. I mean it's sometimes in zone you, you, your eyes are, are looking you know at different uh, read keys, but um, he was he was their long ball threat. We knew it. Um, they threw to a spot where our corner took a false step and, and that one step was the difference. And then, uh, you know, even at that point, it was a 17 10 game. They go score to make a 24 10. I thought our answer the following series on offense was is equally as important. And, and that was the one where we had two or three plays that we just were right there. We just got to execute. So that's where I say complimentary football, although we don't want to give up that big play and our DBs have done a pretty good job, not giving up the big play. This was one that we did. Um, complimentary football says the offense now goes helps out the defense and goes respond and instead we didn't and i think just that pressure of of not taking it you know when it's a two possession game with ample time left let's do a great job getting it down to one possession game and giving our defense confidence that we can go in and answer and um you know we didn't do that so i think that's the part where um you know the young man that gave up the big play has played well he played well earlier in the game so it's it's one of those things that you don't want to just say any one play makes a you know a difference every play does matter but we had other plays that uh in that game I just to score and give up 27 points I know our defense was better than giving up 27 points and uh they weren't necessarily turnovers or short fields it was we couldn't stop them at the rate that we thought we could stop
0: them. I thought that was one of the more poised Hobart teams I've seen going into Union in terms of they were the ones that were chirping and chipping and taking the the 15-yard penalties. Your guys just got back in the huddle and didn't get caught up in any of that stuff like they have sometimes in the past.
1: Yeah, and here it is. That's a slippery slope. I mean, people talk about us with penalties. I think we're the least penalized team in the conference, but no one will talk about that. They want to talk about what we were earlier in the year. So we have grown. We've developed – but I'll also say in a game like that, the more physical teams, sometimes you need to play a certain level to win at the line of scrimmage. And I sometimes would rather be more physical at the point of attack and win in the O-line and D-line and every now and then have an occasional penalty versus being the least penalized and getting getting handled at the point of attack. So it is a, it's a very fine line of we love the discipline, we love the progress we made, but I also think uh, at times they were the more physical team and we got to make sure that that we can both schematically personnel wise and then at the end of the day execution wise be able to match because we're going to see it the next couple weeks um you know maybe not so much this week but the following teams are going to try to be Similar and and you, know, you put things on video, they're going to be able to see it. So I think our defense, and we talked about our this whole week of how we were going to respond. And, and again, when things don't go your way in life, I can give you many examples where things don't, aren't going to go their way. I think this is where you really teach life lessons through sport. We've talked about our guys. All right, it didn't go the way we wanted in the second half. All right, we didn't hang our heads, we didn't point fingers. That tells me that the team. It understands the importance that you know it's not one player or one play collectively we didn't get it done and it starts with me and, and our coaching staff i'll always put losses on us and the wins go to the players we needed a better job to execute in the second half but i will say like i was pleased that our guys we competed uh we kept our head in some situations where like you said they they lost their their edge and and i think that would have given us a chance had we executed better to to win some of those uh situations but That being said, um, I hope this week that we're going to have fewer penalties, uh, but at the same time, play at a higher aggressive rate than we did last week.
0: You've had a great program when you've been here, but you want more. The team wants more. You haven't had that league title. When you're sitting home alone late at night, does it frustrate the heck out of you? Does it motivate you that, that, you know, what do we have to do to get over that one more hump? And, and get to the top. I mean, 8-2, and 9-2, and two, whatever is great, but I know, that, like I said, you want more and the guys want more.
1: Absolutely, and it's not even sitting at home alone. I mean, that three-hour drive back from Schenectady was a whole lot of thoughts in terms of, uh, you know, at the end of the day, my job is to position our players and team in the best positions possible, and, uh, you know, the reality is we are still playing catch-up for, and I won't make excuses here on, on this one, but there's, there's an ample of reasons why we're not where we are, uh, where we want to be yet. Uh, and, and yet's the key word. Uh, we're we're not where we are depth-wise. That comes from things that have happened in the past two to three years. And, and lo and behold, I'll never make excuses of that because we have guys that are working hard and, and our players are giving us everything they got. Um, uh, that being said, we are not where we want to be, but we will make strides at it. And I think this week is going to be an awesome week to kind of determine that. Um, I'm not home alone often because as soon as I got home, I got to see my three kids and and that and and that along with Carrie helped me you know put my mind in the right spot in terms of uh, big picture we as coaches we we these things eat at us twenty four seven um so more than, than most people think, I mean, it affects our lives. It affects our family. So one of the things I try to do when I got home, as frustrated as I might have been, was spend some time with my kids, help them put them down. And then when they're down sleeping that night, what do you think I did? I was watching the film, figuring out what we could have done better. Um, sometimes you got tip a hat. And at the end of the day, I think the better team won at the point of attack. And until we can get – if you look at it, and this isn't just this game, not Union, if you look at it all year long – we typically dominate the point of attack. And we haven't been doing that this year. Uh, and that's not throwing shade against our players. We're working hard. We're doing a lot of things. But we need to get bigger, stronger. We need to get older. We need to get more experienced. And until we can shore up our offensive line, defensive lines, and offensive fronts, I say offensive line, it's tight ends. It's it's everything up front. Um, those are our youngest positions. And we haven't consistently been able to run the ball on teams. And we have really good running backs. So that's speaking volumes to the fact of really good teams win the point of attack. So until we can get to the point and the team, you look at our conference the last four or five years, the team that typically has won our conference is usually either the best running team or the team that can run it when they want to. And it's been four or five different teams. When Hobart was winning our league title, we were winning that battle. So as much as we're going to have great skill guys and everything around it, my thing, and I'll go to my grave until it's proven differently, until you can stop the run defensively, and be a consistent, able to run the ball on offense. I don't think we're going to be a position ourselves where we can win a game or two, but to win our conference and our schedule and to go 10, 12, 14 games into the deep in the playoffs, we have to do a better job winning, and that comes from recruiting and developing and getting guys to understand how to play at the point of attack on both sides of the ball.
0: You've got St. Lawrence coming in on Saturday. You've dominated the series over the years, but it just seems like a lot of these games have been nail-biters. I remember the game up there where Will McCool kicked the game-winning field goal. Cool and, Will, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's cold and windy up there. you got him at home. so Dan Puckhaber, I think's done a good job with that program. He just doesn't have the horses a lot. When he had Leffelbein as quarterback, I mean, they had some really good years. But this year, struggling, especially to stop the run. It's a team you should be able to run it on.
1: Well, you, you say that. I hope that Saturday afternoon we're saying the same thing. But uh, yeah, I, I believe, I mean, you think uh, as, as even as two years ago, they had us beat at our place on Boswell Field, come in with a young quarterback and came in and, and uh, we basically had to come behind uh, and score with our last possession with a minute left to win that game. Um, so They are uh, a team that uh, doesn't have significant size. So um, that's one of the things. They're doing a lot with moving their linebackers around and uh, you know, defensive line standpoint. um, I would say that they they probably know that that's not necessarily their strongest areas, but they're bringing back a ton of experience. They play a lot of man. They're going to outnumber you in the running game. So there's still going to be some challenges to it, but um, where the last couple teams that have stopped us in the run, they were bigger and stronger than us. This is a game where we should be uh, a better matchup at the point of attack. Um, and to me, I, I throw the records away. And, and yes, you look at over the course of you know the last you know, couple decades, decades, it's, it's been in our favor. But uh, I'm a next man up. What's the next game to show me? And, and to me, this is our response and homecoming to see can we you know, go out and show and, and play 60 Minutes of Football, the brand of football that we want to play. Uh, regardless of the opponent. And then uh, if we can do that, regardless if it was St. Lawrence or any other team that showed up, then to me it goes back to we prepared and, and took care of the business the way we needed to.
0: I'd like to see a nice big crowd at the Boz. I mean, it's with, with the football schedule, you never know. I think the last home game, students were on break, so there wasn't as big a crowd. And it was a little bit rainy, but it, it should be a pretty full house this weekend.
1: I would hope so, yeah. The last time we were on fall break, and uh, you know, it, it was – you know, quieter in terms of uh, the responsiveness. You, know, you go back to the night game we had earlier, um, that was a good turnout. But to me, these next couple of weeks, those last two regular season home games, I mean, we're still playing for something. I hope everyone understands that we want to try to earn an opportunity to play on. Uh, there's not many teams that get a chance to do that. So if you do that, although the reality is the NCAA playoffs are out of our sights for right now, uh, for this year doesn't take away the fact of we're, we're, we're going to prepare every day as if we're going to go get our 1-0 and and then ultimately earn uh, an opportunity to play in the postseason. That's still in front of us, but we know we have to play well this week before we can worry about upcoming weeks, and it would be awesome to have a great student turnout and great parents and families and friends here in the in the, in the town and community to come out and support us because um, that gets our guys fired up, and, and, and hopefully we'll put on a show for them to be happy that they came, and be glad to come for the next game.
0: All right, Coach, uh, thanks as always. You show up, win or lose, and answer all the questions honestly, and we appreciate your time as always.
1: Honesty is the best policy, so I appreciate everyone's support, and no one will be more honest about our program than I will be.
0: All right, follow this podcast wherever you get podcasts, whether it be Apple or Amazon or Google, and of course all your information. Uh, we've got the winter sports opening up this weekend with some hockey and everything. Get all that information at hwsathletics.com. Till next week, Ted Baker saying have a great football week.